Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now... You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out The Incline. I am your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter at Klein25. I usually follow everybody back because that's the kind of guy I am. Go check out my tweets. A lot of Dodger talk. Sometimes music. It's Saturday, April 20th. You know what that means. It's 420. Everyone be safe out there. If you're into that kind of thing, knock yourself out. I kind of mean literally. Also, I want to wish everybody a very happy Easter and Passover weekend. Happy holidays to all of you. So the Los Angeles Dodgers, 14 and 8 on the season. Two and a half games ahead of the San Diego Padres now in the National League West. After losing six games in a row, the Dodgers have turned it around. They're now on a six-game winning streak, while the Padres are on a five-game losing streak. The Dodgers are also first in the National League with 130 runs scored. However, they're giving up a lot of runs still. They've given up 97 runs on the season, which is pretty high up there if you look at the overall Pitching totals for every team. But. What really matters is. Last night's game. Friday night. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Defeat the Milwaukee Brewers. 5-3. They're now up. Two games to none. On the Brewers. In this four game series in Miller Park. We got to talk about what really stood out in that game. The Kike Hernandez home run. Dodgers Brewers deadlocked at two. When Josh Hader comes to take the mound for the Brewers. And in the previous inning, the Dodgers had an opportunity to score with a runner in scoring position with one out. Hater gets Turner and Bellinger holding the Dodgers scoreless that inning. 
Entering that game, opponents were hitting 049, 4 for 81 against Hader on an 02 count, no home runs, 62 strikeouts. And in an 02 count, Kike Hernandez had never hit a home run in his entire career. Well, that changed last night when Kike Hernandez sent the ball flying over the wall to put the Dodgers up 5-2. And that turned out to be the deciding factor in this game. The Dodgers had finally solved Josh Hader. And to make matters even better, Hader had to throw 34 pitches that game. So we're very likely not going to see Hader in this Saturday game. Could see him Sunday, but the Brewers announced that this Saturday game was going to be a bullpen game, and having Hader not be a factor could be very huge and help the Dodgers win another game and go up 3-0 on this Brewers series. So it was 2-2 before the Hernandez home run. The Dodgers immediately trailed 2-0 when Christian Yelich hit a two-run home run off Ross Stripling in the first inning. That gave Christian Yelich a league-leading 11 home runs on the season. So the reigning MVP continues to do his thing. That's now his second home run of the series against the Dodgers. He hit one in the night before off Jansen near the end of the game. And now he adds to that total, hitting his 11th off Stripling. Christian Yelich continues to be on fire. He's just having a tremendous season. So got to give him respect. But Cody Bellinger is not very far behind. He has 10 home runs on the season. He, he hit his 10th home run in the Thursday game against the Brewers off Matt Albers. But we're going to talk about the Thursday game now because Julio Urias pitched what many could consider the greatest game of his career. He went over six innings. He had nine strikeouts. And I talked about I talked about before in his last start, the off-speed breaking ball pitches were not working whatsoever. They were hanging for guys like Grandal and Perez to hit them out of the ballpark. Not the case in this game. The slider by Urias was the filthiest I had seen all year. I think of all Dodgers pitchers, Urias may have had the best slider I've seen. He had nine strikeouts, and in one inning, he struck out the side in order, generating a swing and a miss strike three to three batters in a row using the slider. The movement on that pitch was absolutely filthy. And what a proper time to make that your last start for possibly a few months because the Dodgers are going to move Urias back into the bullpen because we got to protect his innings. He's still coming off a serious shoulder injury and we don't want to 
put too much work on him so early on in the season. We need him later down the stretch and in the postseason. He could be a starter for this team. So though it's great to watch him start, we got to think about the longevity. And so I'm perfectly fine with Urias being sent to the bullpen. So it was a 0-0 tie in that Thursday game when Cody Bellinger came up against Alberts and he hit a home run to put the Dodgers up 1-0. A few batters later, Max Muncy hits a two-run home run. Opposite field. And that put the Dodgers up 3-0. And that was enough as the Dodgers went on to win 3-1 that game. So, let's see. I made... A pretty bold statement in the offseason when John Heyman mentioned something about Corey Knable going on the... Corey Knable was going to be injured because he had the elbow issue that went on to result in Tommy John surgery. He had tweeted that the Brewers were going to be highly interested in Craig Kimbrell, which would be a phenomenal addition to the best bullpen in the majors. I didn't want to stand for that. I called him out. I said the Brewers don't have the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. And they got exposed in the National League Championship Series. And a lot of Brewers fans were ready to come at my throat. But you got to remember in that series, the Brewers bullpen was completely exposed to those Dodgers bats. And to make matters even better... The Dodgers bullpen completely outpitched that Brewers bullpen. I mean, yeah, they got Josh Hader, but we exposed Jeffers. At the time, they had Cedeno. He was no good. They had Soria. Dodgers got to him. So just because you have one good reliever does not mean you have the best bullpen in baseball. And last night, Dodgers proved my point once again. They broke Hader. They solved the puzzle. I had not seen Hader give up a three-run home run like that ever in his career. So kudos to the Dodgers, proving my point that this Brewers bullpen completely overrated. There's two batters that I really want to give a little spotlight to. We're going to start with Alex Verdugo. Right now, Alex Verdugo is 10th on this team in plate appearances. 10th. And that's because he's kind of was the odd man out. But the way he's hitting the baseball right now, he's going to force himself into that lineup and become an everyday player. We already saw Chris Taylor kind of get phased out of this everyday lineup because Taylor is really struggling and we got to remember, he was our 2017 leadoff man basically every game. And then Taylor really regressed last season, becoming a strikeout machine. And it's just getting worse in 2019. So Taylor's kind of playing his way out of the everyday role. And there's just kind of a logjam for starting time right now. You got Kike and Muncy. Both kind of battling for second. Though Muncy can also play first base. But Cody Bellinger is a first baseman. So then 
They moved Cody Bellinger into the outfield. Then you got Jock Peterson in the outfield. And Peterson, he had a great week as well, hitting home runs in consecutive days. Though he's still a platoon player because he can't hit lefties. And then you got A.J. Pollock, who I'll get to in a moment. But Alex Verdugo right now, hitting 362, 17 hits, three home runs, and 13 RBIs. Alex Verdugo is the breakout rookie right now in the National League. And I called early on for a big season by him because I believe in the talent. When you got a natural hitter like that, they are way more valuable than any home run slugger. There were two games now where Alex Verdugo came up to bat, two out, runner in scoring position. Um, well, pardon me. I don't know if Bellinger was in scoring position. But regardless, two outs, twice now. Verdugo puts the ball in play, doubles in Bellinger, against the Brewers, and then a game against the Reds, Verdugo with two outs, gets the momentum going, puts a run on the board for the Dodgers, and without those hits, I don't know if the Dodgers could have won either of those games because two out RBI hits are huge. They really get the ball rolling, and we just got to Find a way to get Verdugo in the lineup every day because he is proving to be a very valuable asset. And I was trying to tell everyone, just be patient. We don't want to trade him. He's the real deal. We're not going to miss Yasiel Puig because we got Verdugo. And so far this season, Verdugo is really coming through. And I want to see him be an everyday player down the line. Don't know how yet, but got to get his... Got to get his bat in the lineup as much as possible. And then A.J. Pollock. A lot of people seem to be on A.J. Pollock's throat right now. You could say he was a big offseason signing, relatively speaking. And A.J. Pollock's had a lot of opportunities to drive in runs. And yes, he's not always coming through. But... Here's the thing. He actually leads baseball right now in um, runners in scoring position opportunities. And yeah, he's left a lot on, but he's actually hitting over 350 right now with runners in scoring position. So you may not be noticing, but Pollock is actually getting the job done. He's hitting 247 on the season. And. A 308 on base, not the best, but he's got two home runs and 14 RBIs. And he hit that three-run home run off Sonny Gray when it was 0-0 tie. And he put the Dodgers up 3 nothing. So Paul came through in that game when no one seemed to be able to get to Sonny Gray. Paul is really working the count. He's not, he's not being an easy out. So at the very least, he is making pitchers work. We saw him make Hater work. He made Gray work. And just game to game, pay attention to Paul. He's making every pitcher work. 
So it's going to come. He's going to get his hits later in the season. He's definitely going to heat up. It's still very early in the season, guys. Don't throw A.J. Pollock in the, under the bus so soon. Pollock is a very valuable asset to this team. The Dodgers bullpen has overall actually been very effective in the last week. After looking very shaky early on, we're seeing Scott Alexander and Dylan Floro becoming the two key guys out of this bullpen. Both of them are generating a lot of soft contact and they're preventing runners from scoring. So shout out to Floro and Alexander for being really counted on relievers. And then Kenley Jansen last night, he picked up his seventh save of the season. And he's actually 7-for-7 in save opportunities right now. So we're going to look ahead now to the upcoming games. Tonight's game is going to feature Hunjin Ryu for the Los Angeles Dodgers, taking on what the Brewers are calling a bullpen game. But I'm going to predict Chase Anderson is going to start because... Corbin Burns was just recently demoted to AAA because he had already given up 11 home runs on the season. And we look around to who hasn't pitched for the Brewers yet. Chase Anderson is the guy that stands out to me. He's an okay pitcher, but definitely a guy that the Dodgers could get to. I'm not too worried about Chase Anderson, former Diamondback. And then Sunday's game, we got Clayton Kershaw versus Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff is a pretty hard thrower. Right now, he's 2-1 on the season, but he's got a 5-2-3 ERA. Brandon Woodruff, that name might sound familiar, and that's because this is the guy who hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series in Milwaukee, as a reliever. And it's hard to see Kershaw give up home runs to pitchers, but from a neutral perspective, that was pretty badass. And I'm sure Woodruff is going to be telling generations and generations in his family for years to come. So pretty cool, mo- pretty cool moment for Brandon Woodruff right there. I think at the worst, the Dodgers could split these two games. But realistically, I think the Dodgers actually could sweep the Brewers if both games get an excellent pitching performance and we get some runs in to score. And it would be very nice to sweep the Brewers in Milwaukee, proving to Major League Baseball that we're not just going to coast our way into the playoffs and that we are the real deal proving that we can beat sub or over 500 teams Clayton Kershaw in his last outing coming off the injured list against the Cincinnati Reds he went seven innings and he looked very impressive the only little blunder he had was when he gave up a two-run home run to Yasiel Puig in the first inning. But after that, Kershaw was on point. 
Overall, in that series against the Cincinnati Reds, all the pitchers came through for the Dodgers. Walker Buehler had a great outing, turning his season around. He struck out a whole bunch of batters. And the Dodgers had an easy sweep of the Cincinnati Reds, beating them three games to none and outscoring them 13-6. to And then after this Brewer series... The Dodgers are going to fly to, or not fly, they're going to bust to Chicago, take on the Cubs. Right now, the Cubs are 9-9 nine and nine on this season. Last year, the Cubs won the season series against the Dodgers, winning four games to three. Right now, the Cubs have announced Jose Quintana will start game one of that series. The Dodgers have hit one home run off him during the regular season. But during the playoffs, they definitely But during the playoffs, they definitely did some damage against Quintana. Muncie is actually the only guy to homer off him in the regular season. Quintana's 2 and 1 with a 3.43 ERA right now. And then in game 2 of that series, Cole Hamels 3 and 0 277 ERA We've seen Cole Hamels a lot in the past when he was a member of the Phillies Cubs picked him up from the Texas Rangers for not too much last trade deadline and he's kind of been a good pickup for the Cubs ever since he put on that uniform The good news is I don't think we're seeing John Lester because John Lester is on the injured list with a hamstring injury right now Not sure who the third starter for the Cubs is going to be. That remains to be seen. Dodgers are most likely going to have Walker Buehler pitch one of these games. And that would be some nice revenge after the Cubs got to him. If you recall, when Buehler came off the DL at the time, out of the bullpen, it was a Kershaw start, and the Cubs took the lead against Buehler. And that was a very hard game to swallow. And then we might see uh, Ross Stripling be the other starter against the Cubs. The rest uh, we'll figure out over time. And Rich Hill set to make one more rehab start. And then he's back taking the mound for the Dodgers. What a great time to have Rich Hill back. Great contributor for the last three years. That'll move Ross Stripling to the bullpen most likely. And so Urias Stripling to the bullpen. Ryu back from the IL. Wait a lot back earlier than I ever expected, but they said he's good to go. So we'll see what Ryu's got. Did not do too good in Milwaukee during the postseason. They got to him both times, but... This is the regular season. Things are a lot less tense. The player to watch out for in this Cubs series, though, Javier Baez. Last year, Javier Baez hit 538 against the Dodgers. He had 14 hits, five of them being doubles. He had two home runs, seven RBIs. And defensively, it always felt like Javier Baez was there. 
he definitely gave the Dodgers a lot of trouble last year. And that wasn't the only time we've seen Baez give LA some issues. It seems like in the playoffs, Baez always finds a way to make these incredible defensive plays, crushing the Dodgers' hopes. But just got to make the right pitches to Baez, get him to swing and miss, and contain him. Dodgers should be able to win these games, no problem. Other guys to keep your eye out on, Anthony Rizzo, the first baseman, always seems to be hovering over the plate. Kind of cheating a little bit, in my opinion, because it makes it a lot easier to get hit by pitches. But, so be it. Chris Bryant, a one-time MVP, off to a very slow start. Again, Bryant was really slow last year due to a lot of injuries. Bryant's slow again this year, but still a really good player and a guy you can't leave pitches up in his wheelhouse or he'll hit them over the wall. And finally, the catcher, Wilson Contreras. He always seems seems to have a very big hit against the Dodgers, so Contreras is a guy I don't sleep on. After this Cubs series, the Dodgers come home and they'll take on the Pittsburgh Pirates for a three-game series. Pirates right now have the best record, actually, in their division. They're 11-6. and six. But last season, the Dodgers took care of the Pirates, no problem. In a six-game series, the Dodgers won five of those games. Not sure who's going to be taking the mound for the Pirates, but... Could be guys like Chris Archer and Jamison Tyon. Archer has a very nasty slider, while Tyon is a pretty hard thrower with a nice fastball that can go over 96. So that should be a fun series over the weekend. The Dodgers finally get an off day on Monday, um, April 23rd, the day after Easter. So it'll be nice to have everyone... Just relax for a little bit, heal up, get some energy back. They've played a lot of games in a row, so the Dodgers definitely deserve this one. So other than that, the Dodgers looking good. Their bats swinging. You got, like I said, Jock Peterson had an awesome walk-off home run earlier in the week against the Reds off Iglesias. After Kemp had hit the go-ahead run in the ninth inning off Jansen, Dodgers, right away, Jock Peterson hit a walk-off two-run home run to give the Dodgers the win in that first game of the series. Pretty cool moment for Peterson right there. He's having a very solid season. Though he's only hitting two he he's got eight home runs already. And then we mentioned Cody Bellinger. He's got 10 home runs. Continues to hit, hitting over 400. And then Austin Barnes doing okay as a catcher. Down to 229 average, but the defensive metrics are there. Not allowing pass balls. Seems to be having good communication with his pitchers. 
that's all that really matters, in my opinion. If the catcher is doing the catching, that's what we want. We're just going to talk about one little non-Dodger subject, and that will round out the podcast. So Tim Anderson, the Chicago White Sox shortstop, got into this whole little fiasco against the Royals. It basically started when Anderson showboated, as you could say, did a pretty awesome bat flip, hit a home run off Brad Keller. Brad Keller wasn't too appreciative of that, though. He actually retaliated the next time Anderson came up to the plate and purposely threw the ball at him, and it hit him. Is that the mature thing to do? No. Is that the sportsmanship thing to do? No. If you want to get revenge on somebody, don't hit them. That's the coward's way out. The ultimate revenge is to strike them out. And what Keller did is weak. Who cares if Anderson did a bat flip? Get over yourself, man. Trying to hurt somebody by throwing a fastball at them? That's not the mature thing to do. And then it's very ironic that the MLB Twitter account highlights this incident, completely supporting it, saying let the kids play, because ultimately in this game it led to a benches-clearing brawl between the Royals and White Sox. But the irony is Tim Anderson received a one-game suspension, which he took like a man, while Brad Keller got a five-game suspension, which is weak. And you want to know why it's weak? A five-game suspension is not a punishment. That's not even going to force Keller to miss a start. That just gives him an extra day's rest. If you really want to punish a pitcher, you got to give them 10 games minimum. That way they actually feel it, and they're going to miss a start for sure. These five-game suspensions that we're starting to see pitchers get is some of the weakest stuff that MLB is doing. It's not a real punishment. You're giving the guy an extra day's rest. Give me a break, Major League Baseball. And Keller had the nerve to appeal this suspension, which I doubt he's going to win. But I'm on Tim Anderson's side. I'm not really too big on Brad Keller right now. Allegedly, Tim Anderson did call the Royals pitcher Keller a weak-ass effing N-word, according to ESPN. Now, I'm pretty white, so I have no say in this subject. Brad Keller is a white guy, too. Tim Anderson is black. Should Keller, or sorry, should have... Should Anderson have chosen his words better? Probably. But he was really angry. And he had the right to be angry. What Keller did was pretty weak. So for that matter, I'm on Team Anderson. All right. Thank you all for listening to The Incline. You all have a great holiday weekend. I'll see you next time. Go Dodgers. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.